Dr. Julian Bales joins Billy West Live. Dr. Bales will discuss concussion protocols and items of interest to all parents, teachers, athletes, and coaches. At one point, Dr. Bales, you were the team doctor for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Talk about that experience and knowing Art Rooney, Bill Cower, and some of the famous Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of people around North Louisiana were Steeler fans because of Terry Bradshaw, Sidney Thornton. But talk about your time with the Steelers. It was a great time. The Steelers were uh, maybe uh, at those days not always known for, for laying out the, the biggest money contracts, but they nonetheless were a very good family-owned team. Uh, uh, the, the father, Art Rooney Sr., was the, one of the original NFL owners, and they uh, uh, treated their players like family. So they were the first team to have a neurological doctor on the on the sideline in addition to an orthopedic doctor. So they were ahead of their time. Uh, so it, it, the, the thing that I often relate is that, you know, we, we knew that people could have concussions and if they would come off uh, and seem to be concussed, dizzy, confused, disoriented, we would evaluate them and sit them out. And if in 15 or 20 minutes, if those symptoms resolve, they would go back to play in the same game. Uh, we don't do that anymore. It's not that we were, at the time, mismanaging them. It was that uh, that was the state of the art. And so if they cleared it, we felt it was safe to go back. We knew concussions were potentially you know, game-ending or season-ending or career-ending, but we didn't know that you could have long-term uh, effects like dementia, and that led to the discovery of the syndrome known as CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Before we move to that discussion and, and the, the movie that you were, were portrayed in by Alec Baldwin, the, the, what was it like just before we moved to that subject, being on the sideline with Bill Cowher basically spitting in your face and you having to tell him, hey, your all-pro linebacker can't go back in the game? Uh, it was a uh, interesting uh, experience. Uh, he, of course, was a great coach and very bright and, and got it. And it was a lot of give and take. Uh, for the last 10 years, I've been doing Big Ten football uh, with Northwestern University. And, and nowadays, the coaches don't get involved with evaluating a player or even weighing in on the decision, particularly for return to play, whether it's a knee injury or a brain injury. Now we just we evaluate them and we suspect it, then it's a no-go, and that's what we tell the coach. So back then, the coach would would do what's now a total anachronism. He'd get involved with that decision-making, how is he, let me see what he looks like, and let me talk to him sort of thing. Not in a bad way, that was just the way it was done, but now it's either go or no-go, no discussion. And again, our guest, so Billy West Live today, Dr. Julian Bales, Julian, again, before we leave that subject and, and move on, the the dynamic, you're the neurological consultant, I believe, for the Big Ten, also the Southeastern Conference, or your second opinion. Uh, for What sort of now collaboration, as opposed to pushback, are you getting from coaches as it relates to brain injury? Are you seeing more collaboration with the coaches, cooperation? And this is not just a football thing. This is women's sports as well, things that you see all the time. Uh, total cooperation, and and again, I don't. Looking back on it, I don't think it was inappropriate back twenty years ago. It was just the way it was done. But 
as things have evolved and, and the coaches will understand the risk and the potential for brain injury and long-standing effects. So they are very uh, supportive and the medical team makes this decision starting with the athletic trainer and, and the team physicians. I've been with you many times when you've spoken to trainers associations around not only the state but in, 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 in around the country, and I've watched you d- discuss return to play protocols with young trainers. What would your message be? Again, our, our guest, Dr. Julian Bales. What would be your advice to trainers and, and how to how to manage the concussion protocol now, and how is that evolving? Well, the, the, the main thing is the recognizing the symptoms. That concussion is an injury that you can't see. There's no bleeding. There's no swelling. And almost always the player is not unconscious. They, they have not been knocked unconscious. Now we saw uh, Patrick Mahomes get uh, a, a really uh, terrific-looking concussion where he was wobbly, and you know, we've all seen that on TV even. You can see it in their eyes. Uh, but most of the time, it's not like that. Either a, a teammate or an athletic trainer or an assistant trainer will pick up that something uh, is not right. Now, I'm on the sidelines for the games. And, uh, you know, if you're a good sideline doctor, you're really watching what's going on. And, and you have to, uh, you have to uh, avoid, you have to catch yourself from getting engrossed in the the actual play, but look for the contact and look for the players who get uh, big hits and the ones that don't pop up right away and the ones that uh, occasionally will run to the wrong sideline or they'll come off wobbly. So if you're on the sideline, you really it's a, it should be a very busy time with your with your mind and your eyes watching and particularly on the high speed, the majority of the plays that, that occur concussions are kickoffs and punts where high high velocity hits. So you have to watch for that. You have to look for, for receivers and running backs in the open field. So you're paying attention, you're watching, you're scrutinizing, you're, you're entertaining any input you get, and then you go evaluate that player. And nowadays, if there's any question, they're out. Uh, let them, let them uh, resolve and, and uh, live to play another, another day. You know, they're done for that day, whether it's a game or practice. Interesting. Uh, Northwestern State was playing just a couple of weeks ago, and I, I believe it was Incarnate Word had a player obviously concussed. He came over to the Northwestern sideline, was trying to come off the field, and the trainers for Northwestern immediately got him to lay down. And uh, then, obviously, the UIW training staff came over. But it was an obvious <laughs> concussion, and he was not, not right. And, but it was interesting to see how they managed it uh, on the field. Now, the return-to-play protocols that maybe a lot of parents out there may be interested in, listen to Dr. Julian Bales' opinion about that. How, how have those things changed and evolved? And how you assess a player and allow them back into participation? How long? How many days? What's the general rules of thumb for parents out there to know about? So uh, in 2009, the NCAA, I was on the committee at the time called the um, um, Medical Aspects and Safeguards of Sports Committee. Uh, they came out and they went up to the president of the NCAA that, that every team had to have a return-to-play policy. So return-to-play couldn't be 
like it used to have been, like, uh, you know, you just see the player and say, how you feeling? Okay, all right, we'll get back in there. So that's typically now uh, <clears throat> evolved to be a five-step process, <clears throat> excuse me, over five days, typically a day between each step. So it starts off with uh, the symptoms having resolved, and most of those symptoms for most concussions are uh, headache, not feeling right, feeling out of sorts, dizziness, problems sleeping, uh, concentration problems at school. So once the symptoms have resolved, then they start as step. The next step would be uh, uh, light aerobic exercise. The next step would be more sports-specific exercise, no contact. The next step would be uh, sports-specific uh, with with uh, full speed, and then the final will be returned to full contact. So it's about a five-step process. I know you get asked this a lot. You've been on so many committees for safety of sports, and really you've been a, a real thought leader in, in this whole process for the last 20 years. But it, it just ask a blunt question. Is football safe? Uh, it's, uh, to me, still the, the, the greatest American sport, the uniquely American sport, and it's safer than it's ever been. And I'm not sure there's a whole lot more uh, safety that can be uh, squeezed out of it. Uh, there's education of players, parents, and coaches. There's a change in style of play and practice. There's avoiding hitting defenseless players. There's a recognition in pulling the, the player out of the game and evaluating them. There's no no putting them back in for that day, and there's a codified or, or established policy of return to play. So it's safer than it's ever been. It's great sport. It's not for everyone, and certainly people don't have to play. But I also remind parents that, you know, if particularly for high school and middle school kids and boys, you know, if they're not playing football, what are they going to be doing? It's not a risk-aversive age. You know, like jumping off Cane River Bridge or something like that when you're 15 and and uh, <laughs> and and uh, not the smartest guy around. But uh, you know, it's a, it's an age of speed and excitement and thrills. So uh, you know, it, football helps channel that. So if they're not doing that, what are they going to be doing? Becoming a couch potato or video game addict? So everything in life has risk and benefits. You know, we, as parents, we, you know, you can drown swimming, but we teach our kids how to swim and let them enjoy water sports. Uh, kids have gotten hit on, killed on bikes, but we still teach them to ride bicycles and to enjoy that. So uh, every parent and, and, and young athlete has to decide that for themselves. Recent article about uh, the NFL adopting a position-specific helmet redesign. I think you were involved in that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, so the, the, that was born out of uh, the realization that linemen get uh, uh, the most uh, hits that they had than anyone. They start off in uh, a down stance. They almost have this obligatory, mandatory head-to-head -head hit. So what came out of that is an idea of a new helmet to really focus on linemen and more padding where they get hit, particularly in the front. Again, our guest, Dr. Julian Bales. When we come back, we'll visit with Dr. Bales a little bit about the movie Concussion. 
CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, and the genesis of that research in the world's headed.